It's in the game. It's in the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the In The Game podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks Lads. Here by myself, solo tonight. Solo tonight, we're going to break down the NCAA tournament. We're going to do the first round against the spread. Uh, Going to do this every week up until the end of the Final Four. So stay locked, stay loaded with me. We're being brought to you by Tavour tonight. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25. Let's go, y'all! Yes, yes. So let's just hop right into it. So tonight we had the first four start. We had uh, Memphis against Indiana. I d- or I'm sorry, Memphis, I mean, Wyoming against uh, Indiana. Sorry, Wyoming, Memphis, pretty close. Not really, but that's okay. Um, I really liked Wyoming plus four in this. I didn't see them going beyond the first round, um, especially how they played lately. They did have a great, great uh, season, though. Um, the, you know, they really battled in the Mountain West, and the Mountain West was a great confidence, but, I mean, great conference. But really, Wyoming's biggest issue and like the one thing that I that I didn't like about them coming into this game is that they've really struggled on the road throughout the season. And if that was going to be their downfall, you know, that was probably going to be it. And it, it sure seemed that way because, you know, they turned the ball over a ton of times. Hunter Maldonado had almost had nine turnovers at the end of the first half. It was looking pretty ugly. Um, didn't didn't like the way they played in that first half and it was just too much to overcome and Indiana has been playing great man Indiana has been playing great they did well I shouldn't say been playing great they weren't they played great in the in the Big Ten tournament which is obviously on a neutral floor Dayton Ohio much closer to Indiana than it is Wyoming so it is what it is Wyoming took the L tomorrow we have two more games we have Bryant versus Wright State um and right now, currently, this game is right state minus two. So a line open minus two and a half. It's moved to two now. Bryant Bulldogs, 22 and nine, 17 and 13 against the spread against Wright State, who's 15 and 18 against the spread. Uh, pretty interesting with Wright State getting a lot of the money early on here. Wright State coming off six straight W's. Bryant coming off seven straight W's. Both these teams really hot. Um, obviously, both play in lesser conferences, so probably a little bit as to why you know we haven't really heard a ton about them. Wright State, winners of the Horizon League. Um, and Bryant, 22-9. and nine. I don't have much of an opinion on this game, to be honest. I watch a lot of college hoops. Haven't watched a ton of Bryant and Wright State, though. I'd probably, uh, just because I don't love the line movement, I'd probably go with, uh, probably take Bryant here, plus the points, getting the three and a half. Both are pretty even ef- efficiency-wise. Wright State, 108th in a offensive efficiency, 52, they're getting 52 effective field goal percentage, so that's pretty high percentage. That's top 100 in the country. Not a great three-point shooting team, only 213th in the country. Two-point percentage, uh, 53.2, which is 53rd. 
Neither of these teams really great defensively. Bryant, 218th in the country in defense. 47% they're allowing from the field, which is 60th in the country, surprisingly. 88th in the country in opponent three-point percentage. This is an interesting matchup here. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Bryant plus three and a half. I actually like them to win as well. I think they're going to win this game. And then we have Rutgers in Notre Dame. Now, this was interesting. Rutgers has been great at home this season. One of the best home teams. They have wins against some of the top Big Big Ten teams in the country at home. 14 and 3 at home, 4 and 9 on the road, 0 and 1 neutral site this year. So don't really like this game, but Notre Dame as well, they have not been that good. So this was an interesting matchup. I honestly didn't think Notre Dame was going to get into the tournament. I'm not going to lie. I thought that this was, you know, close on them because they don't have a ton of good wins. They beat Indiana. They did, uh, or I'm sorry, they lost to Illinois, lost to Indiana, lost to Boston College, lost to St. Mary's. Their best top 50 wins are, well, they did beat Kentucky, so that was a that's a, a solid win there. And then outside of that, they have no top 50 wins. That's one top 50 win against, against uh, or I'm sorry, they also beat North Carolina, but that was when North Carolina was really going through their struggles in January. So interesting that they got in, especially over a team like SMU, who especially SMU's been playing really great basketball in the last month. Surprised that SMU did not get in. Shocked Notre Dame got in. Um, but I like Notre Dame in this game because I don't love Rutgers outside of New Jersey. They just have not been a good team. If you look at their last four, five, let's say six away games, they've lost to Minnesota. They beat Nebraska, who is bad, but they only beat them by two points. Northwestern, they lost to, again, not a great team. Um, then they beat Wisconsin on the road, which was a big win, probably their best win of the season. And then they... Lost to Purdue at home, good team. Michigan at home, decent team. Um, and they they lost to Iowa, who might arguably be the hottest team in the country. So I, I don't really love Rutgers here. I'm going to take Notre Dame uh, getting the two points. I also think Notre Dame's going to win this game. It's actually moved down to a, a point at some books. Um, so there is money coming out on Notre Dame. I still like Notre Dame. I would take Notre Dame. I think that's the right play here. Notre Dame should absolutely win this game. I don't think Rutgers is that good. So we're going to take Notre Dame here, and then we're going to move on to the bracket. So we're going to start. Let's start. uh, Let's go to the West first. Let's go to the West, and we're going to start. Or should we go day by day? Let's go day by day. Let's go day by day. So we're going to jump around the bracket. I'm sorry, but... I want to get these uh, these spreads right. So I said before, um, you know, not very high on Michigan, but we get a good we get a good game to start the tournament out. Colorado State, you know, they battled for the Mountain West all year. Um, did end up losing to San Diego State in the Mountain West tournament by five points. I actually was there on Thursday night with uh, Big Ball and Ben Larson to go to watch the game against Utah State. And to be honest, I, I, I felt like Utah State was a better team. I'm not really sure how Colorado pulled off that win because Utah State looked like the better team on that floor. So 
Don't really love what I've seen in the last week from Colorado State, but you know they did beat Boise State um, to end the to end the Mountain West season, and Boise State won the Mountain West tournament, and they definitely look like the best team in the Mountain West, and it's a great conference. And, and Colorado State, they've been good all year, but again, not a lot of solid victories. Best win probably against St. Mary's, which is a great team, but then they're they lost. Twice to San Diego State, lost to UNLV at home, which UNLV you know upset a lot of teams. Lost to UNLV twice at home and on the road. Um, and then they obviously have two wins against Utah State, uh, win against Nevada, two wins against Nevada, win against San Diego State, win against Fresno State, win against Boise. Actually, they beat Boise State twice. Um, but I I, just, I think Boise State's a bad matchup for them, especially with Rowdy. I don't. I think he's like a he's he's tougher a lot of teams in, inside um but that's the thing is that's where you look at this matchup and really Colorado State they want to run everything through David Rowdy. He's one of the best players in the country. But everything he does is from the inside. And you look at Michigan and their strength as a team is on the interior as well. Um with Hunter Dickinson and Musa Diabate. So that's really where I think this could be like a counter game to what Colorado State likes to do. However, I do think Hunter Dickinson can get, or I mean, I do think David Rowdy can get Hunter Dickinson in foul trouble. I think he could certainly get Musa Diabate in foul trouble. I mean, we saw Diabate get in foul trouble against, uh, against uh, who was that? That game he played, oh my God, that they lost to, uh, Illinois against Illinois, or Wisconsin. The first one against Wisconsin got into foul trouble, and that was the game when Juwan Howard uh, punched Wisconsin's coach. But that game, you know, Diabate got in foul trouble quick, and Wisconsin was just taking advantage of Michigan in the paint, and Michigan really had no resistance. You also look at the games that Michigan has lost, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue. These are teams that like to play inside. Arizona in the beginning of the year, Seton Hall. Uh, so this could be an issue. In two-point uh, defense, Michigan 50.8%. So they haven't really been too great defensively, but a big part of that is because they don't have a ton of depth on their front court. So if one of their bigs gets in foul trouble, this could be a long day. But on the flip side, if David Rowdy gets in foul trouble, which he tends to do, you look at the games he lost against uh UNLV against Wyoming in the overtime game, he fouled out. I mean, these are games that he really struggles to to stay on the court. Against San Diego State, when they beat him twice, San Diego State, obviously very good team inside with Mensah. So I think that there's a path for Colorado State in this game. This line actually opened up in favor of Colorado State, and we've seen a ton of live movement. So Colorado State actually opened as two-point favorites. Now at most books, we're seeing this line, Michigan, minus two and a half. Um, so a lot of money coming in on Michigan. I I like Colorado State here personally. I like them with the points. I honestly think they're going to win this game. I picked them in my bracket to win this game. I just think that, you know, David Rowdy has been playing great all year. And... You know, the whole he's gonna see the whole world. And Isaiah Stevens has been playing great. John Tanya, Chandler Jacobs, Kendall Moore. I mean, this is a team that it's a good this is a good team. And if you haven't watched the Mountain West, you're gonna get to notice 
Send it in, Jerome! Let's move on to the next game. So that game was in the south, by the way, the, the south. First game we're starting off with on Thursday. Going to be great. 9.15 a.m. for all those on uh, the Pacific. All right, let's move into this next game. We got South Dakota and Providence. This is a game that I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about. Twitter and, and in the college basketball realm in uh, in general, been seeing a lot of people picking South Dakota as like the upset of the first round, and I'm just not sold on it. Not sold on it. Obviously, South Dakota is coming off like 21 straight wins. But you look at the teams they've been playing. I mean, they literally don't even have a top top 50 win. Their only top 100 win is against Washington State. And that was like on a neutral floor. So I, I don't know how this team is going to play. When you look at the numbers, though, I mean, South Dakota State just jumps out to you. Because offensively, they're just so efficient. They're the... 12th ranked offense in the league, number one in effective field goal position, number 20, they're top 25 in turnovers, so they don't turn the ball over a lot, number one in three-point shooting, number two in two-point field goal shooting, 38th in the country in free throws, so if it does get to a close game, that's definitely something you want to keep an eye on, that they can shoot free throws, but they're not very good defensively, and that's the issue, because Providence, like, they've just played a tough the big east is a tough conference and not only is it a tough conference but it's a conference where you know a lot of these games are grinded out type games and providence is 80th in the country top 100 in defense top 40 in effective field goal opponent effective field goal percentage top uh they're 57th in the country in opponent three point percentage so i mean they mirror what south dakota does very well and one thing I like to look at in a lot of college basketball games, because what you'll tend to notice throughout watching college basketball is teams that rebound and especially offensive rebound, they tend to win a lot more games because a lot of these teams aren't shooting like a super high percentage. So the more chances they get, the better they can be, which is a, a interesting team like Arkansas, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But here I like Providence um, against the spread though. What do we got the spread at right now? We got the spread at Providence only minus two. I mean, I'm taking Providence. You're telling me less than a possession. Give me Providence all day long. All day long. Send it in, Jerome! All right, let's move into the next game. We got Memphis at Boise State. This is going to be a great game. This one is in the West. Right now, Boise State is the underdog plus two and a half Memphis minus two and a half Memphis might be the best the best team in the country in the last month or so they're coming off a big loss to Houston um you know they dogged Houston the first two times they played them beat them by 10 the first matchup at Houston and then they beat them by they ended up only winning by 14 in the last matchup, but I mean they were up by 30 at one point and they were just in control of that game. They made they turned the ball over 19 times or forced 19 turnovers. And that's something that's also huge is teams that hang on to the basketball. These are this is a interesting game um for the simple fact that Boise State, they don't turn the ball over a lot, but they force a lot of turnovers. And Memphis, on the flip side, they do force some turnovers. They're top 50 in forced turnovers, 
but they give the ball away a ton. And that was a key reason why they lost that game against Houston on Sunday was because they turned the ball over 15 times in the game. Now, Memphis is a it's a younger team in the sense that, you know, their best players, Jalen Duran um, and uh, Josh Minot talent wise, but he's, he hasn't really been playing. But even, um, you know, Dandridge is a junior. But ever since they've been playing more upperclassmen, it's just been a they've been a much better team. Tyler Harris is senior. He's been a, a, a key part of what they're doing. Uh Kinones has been huge. Alex Lomax, their guard play is very good, um, which could which could cause Boise State some issues. But Boise State is a ferocious team, man. I'm telling you, and they play inside outside very well. Um, they got this freshman on their team. His name is uh, Tyson Dagenhart. The kid is six seven, can shoot the three, can score down low. I mean, he could do it all. He's a very interesting player. And then they're led by a ton of seniors, dude. Like they got a ton of seniors, Abu Kabab, who's been, who's been great. Emmanuel Akot, who's been very good. Marcus Shaver, their point guard. He's been very good. He can shoot the three. Um, his biggest issue is he does. He's not a good uh, free throw shooter, which when games get come to push down the shove, push the shove and your best ball handler is not a good three point shooter. That can sometimes cause issues. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Memphis minus the two points. Um, I just think, I think they just have too much talent. I mean, this was a projected top five team in the country coming into the season. So give me Boise state. Give me, I mean, give me all of Memphis. I like it. Let's lay the two, two and a half, whatever it's at right now. I think if it's within a possession, I, I love it. Let's move on to this next game. We got Baylor and Norfolk state. This is going to be in the East bracket. It's our first one 16 matchup. Baylor, Baylor is a team who, when they were healthy, when they had LJ Cryer and they had Chamachua, I mean, we're talking one of the most talented teams in the country. They looked like they were back to repeat, you know. But then, since then, it's just been all downhill. And a big part of their problem is they just don't have a ton of depth on their interior. And I think that's, I think that, uh, you know, that's been their downfall. Now, obviously, as a one seed, they're playing Norfolk State. Norfolk State, the reason why I don't love this game for them, well, obviously, Baylor has a lot more talent, even with the injuries. But one thing, Norfolk State, on Sunday when they played Coppin State, and Coppin State is not a good team. They just won two games. They got hot at the right time. They shoot a ton of threes, and if some go down, it changes the game. But one thing they couldn't do was they could not solve the one three one zone that Coppin State had. And Baylor throws a lot of different looks out, and they're a very, very athletic team. They're a much more athletic team than anything Norfolk State has seen, obviously. Like they're it's just it's just totally different. Now, twenty one and a half points, I do think that is a lot for Baylor. Um or twenty one. I do think that's a lot of points for Baylor to give up just because they don't have a ton of offense. Uh, James Akinjo has all, the transfer from Arizona. He's obviously been their best player throughout the year, especially with LJ Cryer going out. Kendall Brown, a freshman. Uh, Soshan, a freshman as well. They played very good since some of these injuries. Flo Thamba, very good defensive presence, but you know, outside of him, just not a ton of bigs. I'm going to take the points here. I also would look at the under on this one, under 137 and a half. I like the under here. These are both teams that don't really score a ton. 
um, Norfolk State, 190th in, in offense and uh, 121st in the country in three-point percentage, and they're 12th in the country in three-point percentage again. So I like the under here. I'd, I'd definitely take the first half under. I, I would, I'm absolutely going to look at that number. I think I love that number, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the 21 for North Norfolk state. I'm going to take the dog in this one. Send it in, Jerome. All right, let's move on to the next game. We got Tennessee versus Longwood. Tennessee is one of my favorite teams right now. Um, I bet them throughout this weekend and they won me a lot of money. So tends to happen that way when this happens but Tennessee's clicking at the right time. I mean, they're coming off set, uh, eight straight wins and they're they're playing some great great basketball. Uh Longwood on the flip side, 14th seed. Not looking uh I don't think they stand a chance obviously. They're the the winners of the Big South Conference um beating Winthrop who usually wins those uh those big south uh tournaments um but yeah tennessee obviously just way too much tennessee's been playing great if you haven't been paying attention kennedy chandler he's one of the best freshmen in the country he's probably going to enter the nba draft he's going to be a lottery picket pick but santiago Vascavi, this kid likes he impressed the hell out of me this weekend especially against texas a&m ziegler you know he didn't even have any points through the first uh you know, three quarters of the game, but Viscovi was really picking up. The one thing I do, I I do think hurts Tennessee is that Kennedy Chandler and Zakai Ziegler, they're both freshmen, and I think that could. You know, I don't love underclassmen in the NCAA tournament because experience usually always wins. But you know, Wyoming was the more experienced team today against Indiana, and you couldn't tell. I mean, Indiana turned the ball over a ton. Uh, but Tennessee just way too much firepower here. I definitely think they're going to cover this number minus 17. I actually have Tennessee making a run um, close to the final four. I have them losing to Arizona, but Tennessee's a great team minus 17. I like it. Let's move on to the next game. This is in the South region, by the way, Iowa versus Richmond, Iowa minus nine and a half versus Richmond right now. Richmond won the a 10 Iowa, obviously big, uh, big 10 champs. Um, and Richmond, you know, they, they had to win the a 10 tournament to get in and boy, did they have a great tournament run? That was some special stuff. Uh, both their final games against Dayton and against Davidson, they were down by seven or more points with less than two minutes to go and ended up winning the game. And Davidson is is one of my favorite teams in the country. They are a great team, which you know we're definitely going to get to later. But Richmond, you know, they're top seventy in offense. They're led by Grant Golden, who's their center. Um, he's a senior, but really Tyler Burton, Nick Sherrod, those are like their two go-to guys down the stretch usually. Jacob Gilliard's been really good too. Um, Nathan Cayo also been uh, great. And Andre Gustafsson has been has filled in really well for this team. Um, they shoot the three pretty well, above average in college, 33.7%. They get to the rack, especially with, with Golden. And uh, on the screening roll with Tyler Burton or Nick Sherrod or Gilliard, they they're able to get to the bucket and they score not a good offensive rebounding team, but they don't allow a ton of offensive rebounding. So they, they get a lot of defensive rebounding, which is also a good thing because you don't want teams to get offensive boards. But I think Iowa is just too much here for Richmond. I mean, Keegan Murray 
has looked like the best player in the country in the last week or so. And I just think ten and a half points. I think I don't think that's enough. I I love I like Richmond. I'm I don't want to disrespect them. I think they're a good team, and they've been covering the spread like crazy recently. Um, but they're also one of the worst teams against the spread throughout the entire season. Only covering the spread uh, 16, 18, and one under five hundred. And Iowa's been one of the best teams against the spread twenty two and thirteen. Um, I just think Iowa's too much. When they get going to, they're very tough to stop. And they've, you know, last two weeks they've they've looked like one of the best teams in the country. Beating Purdue was huge for the Big Ten championship. Keegan Murray, McCaffrey, Perkins, Bohannon, who can shoot lights out. I just think they're too much in the long run for Richmond. I got to move it on in the bracket. I'm also going to lay the points here. We're going to take Iowa. Send it in, Jerome! And then we're going to move on to the next game. Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Georgia State um, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga, one of the best team or the best team in the country, probably. When it comes to you know offense, number one offense in the country. They also have like the most shots a game because they don't hold the ball very long. They are the number one team in the country with only fourteen and a half seconds per possession. Number one team in the country. And they force a lot of teams to play their style of basketball. The one team that does not allow them is St. Mary's. I don't know why, but St. Mary's got crushed in the in the championship. But other than that, I mean, they've really, they haven't allowed them to play their style. Um, but, I mean, Gonzaga just way too much talent. Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, if you haven't seen this kid play, he's incredible. Seven feet, moves like a guard. Uh, definitely going to be a top three pick in the NBA. But they they have a lot of good players around them. Julian Strother, he's made a huge jump from his freshman year. Razier Bolton and Andrew Nemhard. And when Nemhard, the key thing with Gonzaga is if Nemhard is hot from three, they're damn near impossible to beat. Like, you, this team is very tough to beat. And their three losses this year, Duke, Alabama, St. Mary's. I mean, we're talking top 30 teams in the country Alabama probably being the worst, but, you know, Alabama was close. It was a semi-home game. Alabama caught fire. Alabama didn't cover a game for, like, three weeks after that, too. So it was a very interesting game. Um, Obviously, Gonzaga just way too much here. 23.5 points. I'm going to lay the 23.5. I think that's easy, and I have them moving on in my bracket, and we, too, are going to move on to the next game. Let me get a sip here. All right, our next game, we got North Carolina and Marquette. Now, this one should be a fun one. North Carolina playing very great basketball of late. Obviously, upsetting Duke in their final uh, home game. or Not their final home game, but Coach K's final home game. And Marquette, honestly, there was a stretch this year in January where Marquette looked like a top-10 team in the country. And they were playing great defense. But... This is a very young team. They start a lot of freshmen. Justin Lewis, their best player, is a freshman. David Joplin is a freshman. Kolak's a freshman. Uh, Prosper is a freshman. Cam Jones is a freshman. I mean, this is a team, their rotation is basically built of freshmen. And I think that's why we've seen them falter down the stretch. You know, they lost six of their last 10 games. 
Um, wins against Villanova, though, at home. Georgetown at home. Butler at home. St. John's at home. Not good away from home. I like North Carolina here. Um, it's crazy because I like Marquette and I like Shaka Smart, but North Carolina is just playing very well of late. Much better against the spread. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 against the spread. Um, and coming off wins against Virginia, Duke, Syracuse, NC State, Louisville. That loss against Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech is playing some great basketball right now. Um, but we're gonna take we're gonna take North Carolina here minus the three and a half. I I I'd I'd probably buy a half a point to minus three if I was gonna play this one, and I would definitely take the over here, one hundred fifty two points, because both these teams are giving up a lot of points and they're scoring a lot of points as of late. Marquette probably. If I'm if I'm not going to trust a team to score, it's definitely going to be Marquette here because North Carolina shoots a lot of threes. They hit a lot of threes. But Marquette, 104th in the country. I just wonder if the the moment might be too big for the freshman, but I actually love the over here. We're going to take over 152. This is actually one of the few overs in the first round that I like because a lot of times in the first round, what's, what tends to happen is that these uh, teams come in, they're not familiar with the uh, – the scenery, the moment's very big. I, I love first half unders the first weekend, but I really like the over here, over 152 Marquette and North Carolina. And then we're going to move, and I'm taking uh, North Carolina in my bracket. That's in the west. No, that's in the, that's in the east. Sorry, that's in the east. And then we're going to move on to Connecticut and New Mexico State. Now, this is a game that I actually like here. And I, I got this game. It opened at 7.5. I got New Mexico State. We've seen this bet down to 6.5 now because we've seen a lot of money come in on New Mexico State. Um, but I, I really – New Mexico State is a team that I love to I've, – I've watched a lot of this year um, in the WAC conference. Obviously, being on the West Coast, I, I see a lot more of these West Coast teams. But New Mexico State, top 100 in offense and defense – their only weakness on offense is their three-point shooting, but on the flip side, Connecticut defensively—I mean, they're one of—they're the, actually not good against a three-point, but they're a top fifty defense, and really where they're a good defense is inside. I thought they were a lot better defensively, but I still like New Mexico State here um, because they're—they're they're good defensively inside, outside. Their biggest weakness is three-point shooting. They only shoot at thirty-three percent and free throw percentage, only sixty-nine point three percent as a team. They get um, 31.5% of their points from three-point lane, which is actually a lot for a team that you know shoots at 33%. Uh, C- Connecticut, obviously, they have uh, RJ Cole. He was a Big East player of the year nominee. Um, Sinago is big inside. He always uh, tends to, to muck things up a little bit. And Tyrese Martin. But I, I like New Mexico State here. This is a team that, you know, they're filled with a lot of dudes that have played for a while and they played with each other. Jabari Rice, one of the best players in the country nobody knows. Teddy Allen, Johnny McCants. I, I like this team, dude, and they have a lot of size, a lot of length. Um, I think they're going to give Connecticut trouble, dude. And I, I actually picked New Mexico State in my bracket. And New Mexico State as, you know, I, I like them. I would take a money line here. I, I would bet responsibly money line now don't go throw a mortgage on it or anything but i like a money line i think if there's a 12-5 upset in the first round I, this is the one that i'm that i'm looking at i think new mexico state 
has what it takes. They're playing well. And, uh, you know, a lot of their conference gets looked down upon because no one really knows. But, you know, Abilene Christian is a good school. Grand Canyon's a good team. Utah Valley was a good team. Seattle University was a good team this year. And they've beaten them all. So I like New Mexico State here. I like the upset here. We're going to take the upset in the bracket. And we're going to take the six and a half points. Also lean the under here. We're going to move on to the next game. We got Kentucky versus St. Peter's. Kentucky at one point was a team that everybody was talking about putting a future on to win the national championship. Haven't looked good as of late. They lost to Tennessee in the, um, in the SEC tournament. They lost to Arkansas on February 26th. Lost their last two matchups to Tennessee. Lost to Auburn. Lost to LSU. A tough loss to Notre Dame. And then obviously to Duke. They have gotten they got better in the middle of the season. But again, this is one of those teams where a lot of their good players, Ty Ty Washington, you know, when he went down, that's when things kind of uh, took a turn for them, and they haven't really been able to get back 100%. Obviously, I like them over St. Peter's. I think they're going to beat St. Peter's. St. Peter's is uh, in the MAAC, the champions of the MAAC. And the MAAC is actually... You know, Iona was the favorite to come out of there. That's the school that Rick Pitino coaches. Iona, you know, didn't didn't end their season very well. St. Peter's is here representing, but St. St. Peter's cannot score. They're 260th in the country in scoring. Um, they don't shoot the ball well from three or from anywhere on the court, for that matter. They don't shoot free throws well. I mean, this one could get ugly. Like Kentucky may run this score up a lot. I'm going to take the I'm going to lay the 18 points here with Kentucky and I would definitely this is if there's a first half another first half under to bet it's this one right here. We're going to take the first half under. So I'm going to take Kentucky in my bracket for this one and then we're going to move on to the next game. In which we have San Diego State and Creighton. This is another interesting matchup here. San Diego State has been playing good. Nemhard is out for the season, though, for Creighton, which I think is ultimately going to kill kill them and kill their chances. I'm taking San Diego State here in my bracket. I'm taking them minus two up to minus three. My only concern about San Diego State is that sometimes they just struggle to score. We saw that against Boise State. <clears throat> you know, they, they held them to let under 60 points and couldn't win the game. So if there's a... Issue with San Diego State is going to be because at some point they can't score enough and they don't shoot free throws very well. But they are so good defensively, second in the country in defense, top 40 in three-point percentage against, top 40 in field goal percentage against. So we're going to take San Diego State here if it's as long as it's within one possession. Again, this is another game that I like the first half under, but we're going to take San Diego State in the bracket. We're going to move on to the next game. Send it in, Jerome! Arkansas versus Vermont. For Arkansas right now, minus five and a half. The Vermont Catamounts, this is a team that was hot down the end of the, down the, end of the season. We were mentioning, I was mentioning earlier about uh, South Dakota State. I mean, dude, uh, Vermont in their... Gotta do math real quick. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 
23 games, only one loss, 22-1. and one. But just like South Dakota State, they haven't played a ton of competition. All the teams they've played in the top 100, they've lost against. They lost against Maryland. Or they do have a win against Northern Iowa. One top 100 win. And then they lost against Providence by 10 points. Um, and Arkansas is a very interesting team. Arkansas, they, they average more possessions than almost anybody. They're just like in Zagreb. Like, they don't hold on to the ball long. They like to get up and down. They force turnovers. They're top 50 in turnover percentage. And they, they get out and they run. They do not shoot the three ball well, which is why when they get down, they don't play well coming back. But they're good against a three-pointer, too. They're coached very well by Eric Musselman. Um, this is an interesting line. Minus five, open five and a half at most spots. The line's kind of been going back five, five and a half. I'm actually I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Vermont here. Just I think it's gonna be a close game. Against the spread, these are two very good teams too. Uh Vermont 19 12 and one against the spread. And Arkansas, they're twenty two and one. Uh or twenty twelve and one, I'm sorry, against the spread. So this is a Battle of two hot teams. I like Vermont. I'm gonna take the points here. I'm gonna take Arkansas to win the game, but I like. I'm gonna take the points. I might change my mind on this one later, but in the bracket, we're gonna take Vermont. Let's move on to the next game. We got San Francisco versus Murray Murray State. Also love this game. San Francisco is a team that I've watched a lot throughout this season. They haven't been too great against the spread. They started off the season great against the spread, and I think the books adjust, adjusted and they over adjusted at times. 14 and 17 against the spread. Murray State 16 and 13 against the spread. Murray State has one of the best players in the country. If you haven't heard of him, you need to uh you're going to you're going to learn his name a lot this weekend. KJ Williams. The kid is a walking double double basically. But I think that San Francisco, I just think they're going to be too much. Dude. Jamari Abouye is one of the best guards that nobody talks about in the country. Nobody even knows who he is, but him and Shabazz are a great tandem and they score a lot, and they can score from all over the floor. They don't defend too great um, individually, but as a team, they're a great defensive team, top 25 in the country. Um, and the and a reason for that is opponents are shooting under 30% from three, which is funny because when they played Gonzaga at home, Gonzaga shot like 80% from three, <laughs> and that was like my handicap on that game. If you listen to Taproom Sports that week, I was like, oh, I like this game because SF's good against a three, and then Gonzaga just went there and bombarded them. So that was funny, I guess. Let's go, y'all! But we're going to take San Francisco here. We're going to take them money line. We're going to take them plus a one. This is a game I like. I got San Francisco moving on in my bracket, too. This is a tough draw, though, in the first round. I'm not going to lie. Very tough draw for them. But I like San Francisco here. Good team. Hope y'all watch them. The next game we got Akron versus UCLA. Akron won the MAC. UCLA came became runners up in the uh, in the Pac-12, but UCLA's been playing very well of late. Jaime Hawkes is on a tear. I mean, I watched him kill USC twice in their last two game, two meetings against him, and they're just they're playing very well. Akron though, I mean, they're playing really well. They've won. Eight straight, including wins over Kent State, 
which we, you know, everybody knows by now. Kansas State had like three guys suspended for that game. Big win over Toledo, which is arguably the best team in the MAC, and also Buffalo, another good team. So I mean, Akron's been playing very well. Ali Ali's been great. Enrique Freeman, great Tribble. They have a good team. A bunch of uh, they play as a team. They play well defensively. Um, but I do think that UCLA is just too much to overcome from them. UCLA top fifteen in the country in like every metric. And I think the way Jaime Hawkins has been playing, I think he's going to be an issue. Jules Bernard, Tiger Campbell, this team is just too much, just way too much talent for a team like Akron to overcome. UCLA is going to move on. We're also going to lay the 14 here. I I don't think it's enough. I like the, the minus 14. And we're going to move on to the next game. Kansas versus Texas Southern. Texas Southern won tonight. Kansas right now minus 21 and a half over under is 144 Kansas Jayhawks 17 and 17 against the spread Texas Southern 17 13 and one very interesting matchup here Kansas obviously um, you know very good at home this year it's 15 and one which they are everywhere but neutral site seven and one Kansas one of the best offensive teams in the country which I think is going to be obviously way too much for Texas Southern to overcome um kansas fourth or six in the league offensively uh we're gonna we're definitely we're gonna take the points here we're gonna lay it um and this is one where i i would actually take the over as well uh 144 i don't think it's enough i think kansas is gonna put up at least 80 85 themselves so i I, i'm looking at the over in this game i would lay the points though but we're definitely gonna take kansas we're gonna move on um we haven't even finished Thursday yet. We still got Friday to go. We're going to go Fresno State versus, oh, that's a CIT. Never mind. We're going to go to Friday. We're moving to Friday. We got Loyola Chicago versus Ohio State in a good matchup here. Um, Sorry, where did I go? I lost my spot here. Oh, Loyola Chicago, Ohio State. This is another upset that I've circled on my bracket. I like Loyola Chicago here. Not good against the spread, 13-17-1. and one. Ohio State, though, 15-15 against the spread. Ohio State's been, been stumbling down the stretch here. They've lost four of their last five games, including L's to Penn State, Michigan, Nebraska, and Maryland, which are some of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And Loyola Chicago, I mean, they've been hot throughout the year. Obviously won the Missouri Valley Conference. They beat Drake, and they won it, covered the spread, beat Northern Iowa, covered the spread. And Loyola Chicago's they've been a good team throughout the throughout the season. Um they have some top one hundred wins against Vanderbilt, San Francisco, Bradley. Uh also lost a couple of top one hundred games against Missouri State, Drake, Bradley, and Northern Iowa. Uh, but this is a good good Loyola Chicago team. Jacob Hudson, very good. Lucas Williamson, Ryan Schweiger. It's a team that plays well together. Drew Valentine has this team, you know, picking up right where Porter Moser left them. I like I like Chicago. I like Loyola here. I'm not gonna lie. I don't love Ohio State. I haven't loved Ohio State all season. I haven't loved the way they played down the stretch. It looks like EJ Liddell has gotten very tired in the last few games. I I just don't like Ohio State here. Don't love what I've seen. So I picked Loyola in my bracket. I'm picking them outright to win this game. I like Loyola here. 
We're going to move on to the Send next it in, Jerome! We got Auburn and Jacksonville State. Auburn's another team that hasn't been playing good down the stretch. Jacksonville State actually didn't win their conference. Bellarmine won their conference, but because of some stupid rule where Bellarmine just switched from Division two to Division one, they can't make the tournament for two years, so Jacksonville State, who won the regular season, gets in. Jacksonville State didn't even make the title game. How crazy is that? But Jacksonville State's catching 15.5 points here over under 138.5 like I said, Auburn down the stretch, they haven't been real. They, honestly, they haven't been good again on the road all season. Really, the eight and three on the road, three and two neutral site, sixteen and zero at home. So they really dominated at home. They lost to Texas A and M, who we saw what Tennessee did to them. They obviously lost at home to Tennessee, lost to Florida, or lost on the road to Tennessee, lost to Florida, lost to Arkansas. It's just been a very up and down team. And Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith basically have to play very well. For them to have a chance, um, and and it's just it just hasn't been happening lately for Auburn. Obviously, they're going to beat Jackson Jacksonville State. That's not they're going to win this game. Are they going to cover though? I don't think they're going to cover. I don't like them against the spread here. I think Jacksonville. I don't love Jacksonville State either. I'm going to lean Jacksonville State plus the fifteen and a half. Um, like I said, dude, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson have not been good down the stretch. Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, even Walker Kessler hasn't been very good down the stretch. Just a team that, you know, at one point I thought was a national championship favorite, kind of faded a little. Um, I'm picking Auburn in my bracket. I'm picking them against the spread here. I'm picking, I lean Jacksonville State here. Um, but yeah, Auburn, iffy team, one to watch out for throughout the tournament. All right, next game we got Texas Tech versus Montana State. Shout out the Montana State Bobcats, Bozeman, Montana. Let's go, y'all! Shout out my guy, my guy Doc went there. Um, they're 18, 14, and one against the spread. Texas Tech 21 and 13 against the spread. Montana State is catching 15 right now. Texas Tech, Tech laying the 15 <clears throat> over under is 132 and a half. Um. Texas Tech is a, I mean, lane 15 is, is tough for them because I feel like all their games are very close, even though, even though they just blew out Iowa State. But you take that game out, all their games are close. They're arguably one of the best defensive teams in the country. Them in, uh, them in San Diego State are like neck and neck defensively. They've been playing great under Mark Adams. <clears throat> The, my only question is, are they going to defensive their way? I mean, they might hold Montana State to 50. It's just a matter of if they can score. Like, they couldn't score enough points against Kansas. That was why they couldn't hang with Kansas, you know. That's the only reason, That's why Kansas won that game. But I, I, I think they're going to handle Montana State. It's just, are they going to beat them by 15? I'm not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the 15 points here. I don't love it again. But... 15 is just a lot to lay for a team that struggles scoring. If I'm going to look to make a play here, it's probably going to be the under. Although I don't love the under 132.5, but that, that would probably be my play here if I was going to make a play. But we're going to pick pick Kansas State in our brackets, and then we're going to move on to the next game. Send it in, Jerome! We got Purdue at Yale. Yale won the Ivy League against Princeton in a wild game that was. And Purdue's been kind of underwhelming, dude. I'm not going to lie. 
Purdue is a team that started out the year hot. They've been very bad against the spread, 13-20-1. I mean, especially against Michigan State, they were minus six, and they won by five because they let them shoot a three. I mean, oh, my God. Anyways, I have Purdue. I mean, I have Purdue minus uh, six if you can't tell. Um, but Yale's been good against the spread, especially in their last five, four and one against their spread. Purdue zero and seven in their last seven games against the spread as well. But Purdue just has way too much size here with Edie and uh, Williams. And uh, Purdue, regardless of how they played down the stretch, they're still a team that I like in the tournament. Jaden Ivey is a great, great guard. He's going to be a top five pick in the league. Travion Williams, arguably one of the best passers in the league, and he's he's a center basically. And Zach Eady, you know, he's just too much inside. The The issue with Eady is can he stay on the floor long enough? I mean, the guy, like, you got to take him out because he can't. He's so big, dude. He just, like, he gets tired very quickly. But I, Purdue just has way too much here. I love the story of the Yale Bulldogs, but I think they're going to lose this one, and I'm going to lay the 16 with Purdue. I just think, like I said, I think those bigs are just way too much for uh for Purdue to handle, and we're going to move into Villanova and Delaware. Let's go, y'all! Delaware fighting Blue Hens, 22-11, and 15-7 against the spread. Vanilla, Villanova Wildcats, 26-7, and 16-15-2 against the spread. Um, right now, Nova, minus 15.5. Villanova's another team that, against the spread, it's like... I feel like all their games are always close. Like, it doesn't matter who they play. It's like they don't blow anybody out. All their games are going to be within – they're going to cover. Like, Creighton. Creighton's missing their best player, and they they struggled to close them out in that game. So, obviously, Villanova's going to win this game. They're just way too much talent. Colin Gillespie is, like, playing in his 12th year in college basketball, so he's – He's been. To, he's already won a national championship. You know what I mean. So this is a team that, you know, I like. I like Villanova here. I, I probably lay the points. If anything, I'm gonna take the under. I like the under. Um, if I'm if I'm gonna bet this game, to be honest, I don't necessarily love minus fifteen and a half. But we're gonna. I'm gonna lean Villanova minus fifteen and a half, and then we're gonna move in. To USC versus Miami. Send it in, Jerome! So this is another game I've been hearing a lot of people say, like, if there's an upset, it's going to be Miami over USC because there's such contrast in styles. You know, USC is very long and athletic, and Miami plays five guards for most of the game. Miami's top 20 in offense. You know, they shoot the three very well. They get inside very well, even though they have a lot of... Uh, guards but the one thing i think is gonna hurt miami in this game and it's why they couldn't beat duke is just because duke just had too much size at the end like they just made it tough for miami and duke only won the game by four but i mean they were in control of that game down the stretch they kept letting miami make a bucket because you know there's only 30 seconds left and miami would make a bucket and then foul and duke would make it and then they'd let miami because they didn't want to foul them so I think USC with their size is just going to be too much. I mean, USC, the average length in their team is just ridiculous. Like, absolutely insane. Drew Peterson, 6'9", Mobley, 6'10", Chavez Goodwin, 6'9", and Ogden Polo, 6'9". And then Boogie Ellis is a is a bucket. 
Um, USC's biggest problem is that they're inconsistent on offense and they can't shoot the three. And lately, defensively, they don't force a lot of turnovers and they've been letting teams shoot the three very well, which started with Arizona. Arizona kind of found a, a hole in that offense and they've kind of exploited it and to which UCLA has taken advantage of it twice. But I still like USC here. I just think it's too much length and athleticism. And these are guys that are long and athletic that can go out and guard guards. I just, I think they're going to be, I think they just have too much, too much size, dude. And I'm going to take USC minus the one and a half. I'm going to take USC in my bracket. Let's go, y'all. It's, it's really that easy. It's that easy. Um, and then we're going to move on to Texas and Virginia Tech. This is another game where I'm kind of in consensus with everybody. I do think Virginia Tech is going to win this game. Don't love what I've seen out of Texas, especially down the stretch. I mean, Texas blew a 20-point lead to TCU. TCU. They blew a 20-point lead. I mean, absolutely ugly, ugly stuff. I do not like what I've seen out of Texas. They've lost their last three games. Obviously, Baylor, Kansas, and TCU. But Texas cannot score. Like, they literally cannot score. They have no dude that can just go get them a bucket. Like, they struggle to score every single game. And Virginia Tech, on the flip side, is good defensively. And they're a top 25 team in the country. 54th on defense, 18th on offense. And they shoot the three ball very well. I I, I just, I don't see Texas winning this game. And honestly, it's been an underwhelming season if I'm a if I'm a Longhorns fan for Chris Beard. I mean, we they had a lot of expectations. They were top ten at one point, got steamrolled by Gonzaga, and I think that's when everybody realized like, oh, this team really isn't as good as we think it is. But I like uh I like Texas here. I mean I like Virginia Tech. I like them money line, I like them in my bracket as well. And then we're going to move on to Illinois and Chattanooga. Illinois minus 7.5 right now. Chattanooga is actually a, a very underrated team. And I've, I have seen some people point this one out as a as a uh, upset. I like Chattanooga plus 7.5. I love the points. I do think Illinois is going to win this game. But Chattanooga is very good offensively. One of the best offensive teams. And this is... And they, they play in a conference, a Southern Conference, which if you haven't watched, it's an underrated conference. Furman was a great team. Wofford's a great team. Sanford is a great team. I mean, they have some good teams in this conference, and, and they dominated this conference, and they look like the best team in this conference throughout the whole year. Although that Furman-Chattanooga game was great. Chattanooga, I mean, just an unbelievable game. But Malachi Smith is a bucket. Um, and they just have a, they have a lot of good players, but I mean, I think Kofi Coburn at the end of the day is just way too much for for um, for Chattanooga to overcome. I like Chattanooga covering the seven and a half, but we're gonna take Illinois. And I would also lean the over in this game as well. Lean the over. I don't necessarily love it. Send it Let's move into the next game. We got Duke and Cal State Fullerton. Duke minus eighteen and a half right now. This is another one where I like the underdog here. I don't like Fullerton to win, but I definitely think they're going to cover the 17 and a half. They're a, they're a feisty team, man. They play good defense and they play decent enough offense and they're a best team. They were the best team all year, pretty much in the big West, except, you know, they rivaled Long Beach state, but I mean, they handled Long Beach state in that championship game. 
I do think Duke is just too much for them, but I'm going to take the points here, but we're going to take Duke, take the points, but take Duke, and then we're going to move on to LSU and Iowa State. Right now, Iowa State plus four, LSU minus four. This is an interesting game because uh, Will Wade, LSU's coach, recently got fired for NCAA violations. Um, If you've been living under a rock, I'll let you know that. Uh, But LSU, I mean, they've been been all right. They haven't been, like, great. They've been decent. I mean, Tari Eason's good. Uh, Pinson is good. They're, They're a decent team. I just... I mean, Iowa State has really fumbled down the street. I mean, we're talking about a team that hasn't played good. I just don't. I just think the Will Wade stuff could be too much. But again, it could be enough emotion, and they've had enough time to deal with it and prepare for the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean LSU minus four here. I'm gonna take them in my bracket, but I don't love it. I just I don't. Th- I haven't seen much out of Iowa State that makes me believe that they deserve to win a, con- a March Madness game. I reserve my thoughts on that one. I'm going to have to go back to it. But I, I'm going to lean. I'm going to take LSU for now. I picked them in my bracket originally. But we still got two days. You know, you got to get your bracket done by by uh, Thursday morning. So make sure to get that done. But let's move on to this let's next go, game. Y'all. We got the UAB Blazers who are 18-13-1. They're playing Houston, who's 22-12 and against the spread. Um. And sorry, when I read a, a, a UAB stats, I was against a spread, y'all. My bad. Um, but this is a, this is another game. I think Houston's just way too much for for UAB. Minus the eight and a half. I gotta take Houston here. Uh, White Junior has been uh, hurt for Houston. If he can't go, that is a little tough for them. But I still think Houston. They're just they're way too well coached with Kelvin Sampson. I think they're going to win. I definitely think they're going to cover the the five points here. Um, they'll handle their they'll handle business here. So we're going to take take Houston and move on to the next game: Michigan State versus Davidson, a ten versus seven matchup that I love. We love our ten seven upsets. Let's go, y'all! I like. Oops, sorry. I like Davidson here. Davidson is one of the best offensive teams in the country if you haven't watched them play they're very efficient and they're also very underrated on defense they're top uh half of the country in defense and no one mentions that but they have a they have this kid brokovich who's very good in hung young lee from korea and this kid can flat out shoot the basketball i mean all these kids on this team can shoot the basketball i just think offensively they're going to be way too much for Michigan State. And Michigan State also doesn't have a ton of depth on their front court. And I think Brockovich is going to be a little trouble because he's very, very skilled as a big guy. And, and people don't really understand that until they watch him play. He's a great passer. He can shoot the ball. He can score the ball around the rim. He's a great rebounder. Um, and I, I think Davidson, I like Davidson in the upset here. I like him to cover. Uh, obviously, it's only... One point plus one, so it's basically a pick em, but I, I like Davidson here. I just think they're way too good offensively. Michigan State has been kind of underwhelming. Um, you know, they rely on a lot of youngsters like Max Christie um, to to be a bigger role, and, and he just hasn't – he's been very inconsistent. And Davidson's just a very 
experienced team here. I like Davidson to win. I like Davidson to cover. I have him moving on in my bracket. And let's move on to our last two games of the first round, Colgate and Wisconsin. Colgate, like Vermont and a lot of a few of these other teams, they've been very hot down the stretch. And by down the stretch, I mean since January, they've been playing unbelievable. But Colgate, obviously, they don't play in a great uh, great league in the Patriot League. There isn't a single team in the Patriot League that is hundred top 100 in the country. But they're a good offensive team, and they shoot the three very well, like South Dakota State. Um, so, I mean, this is a team that can definitely – like hit hit a few threes and keep the game close. Um, I probably lean Colgate plus a seven and a half. Wisconsin again, uh, you know, like a lot of teams in the Big Ten, like they've been very streaky throughout this season. And uh, but they're they're a good team. Obviously, Johnny Davis at one point looked like the best player in the country. They lost that last Big Ten um, home game to Nebraska. They had already clinched a share of the Big Ten national or I mean the Big Ten regular season. Um I just wonder if offensively like they could they could get into a situation where they can't score and they can't stop Colgate enough to the point where Colgate covers. So I'm gonna take Colgate plus a seven and a half. I'm gonna take Wisconsin to move on though. Um this is one to keep a lookout on though for for a potential for a potential big big upset here. Um a fourteen three upset. Uh, let's move on to TCU and Seton Hall. TCU is a team I didn't think was going to get into the tournament, to be honest. I didn't think the win over Texas was enough to get them in. Um, they haven't been they've been a very streaky team, but, I mean, the, since January, they haven't been very good. I mean, they got a ton of losses, wins against – they do have wins against Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU – so, I mean, they they got some good wins, but they also got some bad losses. Uh, Santa Clara, Baylor. Actually, all their losses are the top 100 teams. West Virginia is probably their worst loss. So, I mean, not too bad. But TCU's a this is a team that can't score very well either. Mike Miles is probably their best player, um, but you know they they've they've struggled to to score and. Even in that win against Texas, you know, when they went down 18, I was like, there's no way they're going to come back. But they really did it with defense. But then against Kansas, I mean, they had no chance because they couldn't score enough. They only scored 62 points. <clears throat> and that, that, I think, could be an issue in, in this game here. Um, Seton Hall, though, they at the same time, they've been kind of underwhelming, um, you know, throughout the season. They're obviously uh, missing... Um, Oh my God! What's his name? Um, Bryce Aiken. He's out. But Jared Roden's been very good. Um, Kadari Richmond's been good. It's an interesting team because you know they hang their hat on defense. And that's what they do well. But they it's, they they were scoring a lot too before uh, Aiken went down. This I I think this is gonna be a defensive matchup. If there's a game, we're gonna take the under. Under 130, I think that is a play here. I'm going to take Seton Hall to win the game just because uh, I think they're a better overall team. So we're going to take Seton Hall to win the game, but we're definitely going to take the under there. And that's going to be the show for this week. So that's the first round. 
We're going to come back next week. We're going to talk about the second round. We're going to break it down. Um, I shouldn't say that's the first round. That was the first set of games. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. I'll be breaking down games every day on there. I'll post some videos as well. Maybe even uh, might be able to hop on and do another another live show at some point this weekend. But thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure to go to devour.com or download the Devour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code Taproom for ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. Once again, thank y'all for joining me. Catch me on Wagers this week. Catch me on APR. We're going to be breaking down some more USFL games. I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, y'all have a great night. In the game.